Hi, I'm Dr. Olga Pinkston, a board-certified rheumatologist and the host of the Mind Your Fiber podcast. This podcast is dedicated to fibromyalgia. I discuss up-to-date information about fibro, its treatment, the biology and psychology of the fibromyalgia. I cover the pain science education, the complementary and alternative methods available to you now to improve your symptoms. There are a lot of things that influence development of fibromyalgia trigger fiber flares, and produce other symptoms like IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety, and none of them are your fault. In the Mind Your Fiber podcast, you will learn how and why fiber develops, how chronic pain changes your brain, and most importantly, that you're not alone in the struggle, that fiber is real, and how to not let fiber control your life. This podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. Welcome back to the next episode of Mind Your Fibro podcast. Today, we're talking about why nutrition is so vital for your health and fibromyalgia. Body and mind or body and brain are connected. The connection is close and not at all a one-way street. Did you know that stress can affect the heart? The condition called broken heart or tocasuba cardiomyopathy is generally a short-term or temporary type of heart condition. It can be triggered by intense emotional or physical stress. Common triggers can include the death of a loved one, a serious accident, a fierce argument, an unexpected loss or sudden illness. These triggers are the reason for the condition's nickname broken heart syndrome. But there is also a connection from the body to the brain that can also affect the mind or the brain. For example, urinary tract infection or UTI can cause confusion, and the adrenal glands pathology can precipitate a panic attack. So disturbances of the body can precipitate problems in the brain and vice versa. The gut and brain are two organs that are not near each other and are often not thought of being closely connected. But the connection is profound. This connection has been recognized for centuries by ancient doctors and by many cultures. The brain and gut influence each other profoundly and share the same developmental origin. As an embryo develops during pregnancy, the same cells, neural crest cells, rise to the development of the brain, spinal cord, and the enteric or gut nervous system. In fact, the gut's nervous system comprises of over 100 million to 500 million nerve cells. For that reason, it is called the second brain. But it is not only the origin that is similar. The brain and gut are actually connected by the vagus nerve that travels from the brain stem all the way to the gut. Once the vagus nerve reaches the gut, it splits into a web of nerves that encase the entire gastrointestinal system and penetrates the walls of the gut. The vagus nerve signals are like a two-way highway. The brain sends signals to the gut, and the vagus nerve sends the signals from the gut to the brain. The way the body and brain communicate is by using chemicals. If you ever had a headache, you swallow a pill. It is digested by your gut, but it acts on a brain because the chemicals were delivered to the brain 
with the blood. So the chemicals that are made by the gut, made by the gut bacteria, or chemicals from the food, medicine, or hormones can reach and affect the brain. There are also chemicals that are made by the brain that can reach and affect the gut. These chemicals are called neurotransmitters. Your body makes them, and your nervous system uses them to send messages between nerve cells. That's why they are also called chemical messengers. It is a big part of your uniquely human ability to think, plan, and feel emotions. So the central nervous system, the brain and the spinal cord, with the assistance of the endocrine system, produces chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, acetylcholine. You probably heard of dopamine, perhaps as an expression, dopamine hit. Dopamine is a type of neurotransmitter, a chemical messenger. Dopamine is responsible for allowing you to feel pleasure, satisfaction, and motivation. Dopamine is released when your brain is expecting a reward. Serotonin is another neurotransmitter. The body uses it to send messages between nerve cells as well. It appears to play a role in mood, emotions, appetite, and digestion. It is also a precursor or building block for melatonin, a chemical that helps your body regulate sleep-wake cycles in the body clock. Melatonin is also a medicine you can take uh, for sleep issues. Both the intestines and the brain produce serotonin. You probably heard about it as well. Doctors commonly prescribe selective serotonin, reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs as antidepressants. Fluoxetine or Prozac is one of them, duloxetine or Cymbalta, and many others. They don't make additional serotonin, but allow the available amount to last longer. Other parts of the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system that produce chemicals that influence the fight or flight or rest responses. If the nervous system is activated in a sympathetic or stress response, the digestion slows down. We don't run away and digest at the same time, or we don't fight and digest. We do one or the other. Digestion is part of the rest time. Many chemicals and hormones are made in the gut that help regulate the fight or flight or rest responses. There's another system called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. It is part of the neuroendocrine system. It comprises of the brain's hypothalamus and pituitary gland. In the adrenal glands that are located above the kidneys, they also produce hormones and chemicals. This system is responsible for handling cortisol, the stress hormone. Under stress, cortisol rises and helps your body handle stress. Once stress is over, it goes down. The gut also plays a role in cortisol release and makes sure your body responds to stress appropriately. So in a healthy body, all these chemicals ensure that your brain and gut work well together, that your body responds well to stress and knows when to digest or when to be more activated. If your body is dysregulated by prolonged stress, trauma, neglect, chronic or severe illness, poor nutrition, this delicate system comprised of so many parts starts to malfunction. It produces either too much or not enough of those chemical signals. The neurotransmitter levels get out of whack. Hormones are upset. Mood changes and immunity changes. The gut's protective barrier is compromised leading to additional symptoms. Some call leaky gut. The chemicals that should stay in the gut are leaked out and reach the brain. So to treat this dysregulation, 
We use chemicals in the form of medications and chemicals in the form of food. So this complicated system may be confusing to understand. I like analogies. They make things simpler to understand. So if you think of your body like a bathtub, it holds water for you to take a bath. You need enough water to take a good enough bath. If you have too little water, you may not be able to soak in the water. Not enough. Just enough to wash your feet or your behind, which is not what you want. If there is too much water, the water will splash out and get the floor wet as you get into a tub. So your body needs just enough water at the right temperature to function. The water comes from the faucet. You can turn the faucet up or down and regulate the water and temperature. The faucet represents the production of chemicals, hormones, neurotransmitters that you need to function. The faucet fills the bathtub. If everything works well, the tub is filled and the water is perfect for taking a bath. You, your gut, and brain have enough chemicals to function. But the tub also has the drain. The drain removes water. The chemical signals are used as, as you function and they go down the drain. They don't last forever. As you digest or as you use your brain or any other organ or body system, your chemicals also drain, get used. So for a perfect function of a bathtub, you need a working faucet and a drain that is a match that properly holds the water and drains to avoid overflow. You need to produce chemicals, use them, and waste them appropriately. But say the body of or the bathtub is not properly functioning. The water is going incorrectly meaning your body is producing enough chemicals, but the drain is draining too fast. This happens when your body is, is using too many neurotransmitters or other chemicals due to chronic illness, pain, prolonged stress, smoking, addictions to alcohol or drugs. You're being drained physically and mentally. So one way to fix it is get a drain stopper. This is how most antidepressants work. Most of them don't produce anything. They just let you keep what you make a little longer. The downsize the drain to match the faucet. But what if the faucet is not producing enough chemicals? If your body is depleted of nutrients, it cannot make enough of the good stuff that you need, right? So if you don't have energy due to poor sleep, if you're dehydrated, hungry, or malnourished, it is hard to make anything good. So the fix will be better nutrition, better building blocks that your body needs to make chemical signals and other essential building blocks for your body to function. It will restore the faucet and let the water flow better. But what if after many years of neglect, your body is depleted of nutrients, the faucet is barely running, the water is only slightly warm, and the tub is only half full. The drain is also leaky and it drains faster and barely keeps the water in. You have hardly enough water to take a quick wash as you prepare to get in. So this will be if you have prolonged chronic illness, pain, or stress, as well as poor nutrition. You're not making enough of good chemicals or you're not having a healthy lifestyle. So you're not producing enough building blocks to repair your poor health. Then as you prepare to get in, Someone comes in with a bucket and takes a bucket full of water out, out of the tub. You're watching disbelief, watching the water level go, go down. Then someone else comes in with another bucket, then another. This will be an analogy of additional stressors beyond your typical, say, pandemic, war, loss of a loved one, loss of your job. So your faucet is barely working due to poor nutrition. Your drain goes way too fast as you're being depleted by the chronic stressors of life, chronic illness or pain. And then the buckets of additional stressors, they drain the rest of the tub. I see this rather often. Years of chronic pain, 
fibro, additional chronic conditions like diabetes, autoimmune disorders, smoking, addictions, in addition to poor nutrition, eating junk, drinking soda, they are barely surviving, scraping the bottom. Then additional stressors come up and life becomes rather unbearable. So to fix the situation, I often recommend to attack many fronts. You need to start working on food, clean up your eating, improve your diet, fixing the reserves, fixing the faucet, but also working with your doctors and reduce the drain. Treat depression or anxiety with antidepressants or therapy or often both. Manage pain and sleep. Treat your sleep apnea or insomnia. Make sure your rheumatoid arthritis or diabetes are well controlled. You're fixing the drain. Then you work on the environment. Try to prevent accidental buckets to come into your life to take the water out by removing toxic people out of your life, adding stability to your work environment and other ways you can, you can add stability. Now, if you have a full tub of water, the faucet works well, the drain is a match, any accidental stressors in the form of a person coming and taking out of a bucket of water will be managed. If the bathtub is full of water, it will be okay. You have a reserve. So when the next time you take a bath, think of a faucet, the drain. How much water do you have in the tub? Can your tub take a hit from an additional stressor? Do you have just enough water to wash your feet? What do you do to keep your faucet flowing? How do you treat your drain? Is your drain a match? So if the many previous episodes were about stress and pain management, we were talking about the drain. During the next episodes, we will start talking about how to fix your faucet, your nutrition, and other body functions that keep up with production of essential chemicals and building blocks your body needs to keep you not just alive, surviving, but living well with the enjoyment of taking a long, warm bath. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best thing you can do is to share with someone and leave a review and rating. This helps me support more people just like you move toward better life with fibromyalgia. All you have to do is to go to the platform you're listening on click the share button or the icon, and just send it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking your time to do so. Make sure you sign up or subscribe to this podcast so you can get the most up-to-date information in the new episodes. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. And don't forget to mind your fibro. Disclaimer, this podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. None of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any medical or mental condition.